0: Hello, everybody. This is Sam Carcitti from Philly Hockey Now, and welcome to our 15th episode of our Broad Street Bullcast. And uh, we talk all flyers here. We take a lot of questions from uh, the fans. And uh, But before we talk hockey, um, it's amazing what's going on across the street where the Phillies have captivated this city. Uh, Much like the Flyers did in 1974, 1975 and and uh, and on. And the vibe you get from from the Phillies right now and this city is what it was like for the Flyers, believe it or not in the seventies and even into the eighties and, uh, for younger fans out there who probably have suffered through the flyers and, and winning just one series playoff series over the last 10 years, you're, you're probably amazed to believe that this city was in love with the flyers. And, and, uh, they were the number one team, believe it or not, at that time among the four Philadelphia sports teams. But, uh, anyway, the, uh, the phillies the Phillies run, I think, is actually helping everybody else it's It's taking the pressure for off the flyers anyway their start um, you know the the attention is all on the Phillies and of course the Eagles as well, but uh, the flyers have overachieved greatly, and I think part of that is because uh, they're not under the microscope as much and and I want to talk about some of the flyers positives they're off to a five, two and two start. Heading into Wednesday's game in Toronto, and uh, I think if you're a Flyers fan, you would have signed up for five, two, and two before the season, especially with a lineup that has been missing Ryan Ellis, Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson, James Van Riemsdyk for uh, uh, a lot of games now. And uh, so, props to the Philly, uh, to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Props to John Tortorella. John Tortorella is another positive, and he's a big one. He's gotten the most out of his players. They work hard, they play with grit, uh, they're well conditioned. They won, they've won most of the third periods this year, and uh, and Tortorella is also a realist. I mean, he he talked after a one nothing overtime loss in New York on Tuesday. You know, he talked about, hey, we're going to have to. Get Carter Hart to steal some games for us, and uh, we're going to have to win some of these ugly games because he didn't say this, but basically what he was saying, if you read between the lines, the talent just is not there right now with all these injuries that have taken place. And he said hopefully these guys, some of these guys will come back soon and that will, uh, you know, turn the tables a little bit because the Flyers are being really badly outshot, badly outchanced, and uh, their 5-2-2 two, and two record, as I mentioned, is, is really quite stunning if you look at the numbers. Uh, I mentioned Carter Hart. He has been maybe the number one positive. Uh, he has a 943 save percentage. Can he sustain that? I don't think anybody can. But, you know, Carter Hart has carried this team. If you voted for the MVP right now, he would, he would win in a landslide. He's 5-0-2, has not lost in regulation, second in the NHL with that 943 save percentage. They cannot get much more out of Carter Hart. And, of course, he's coming off two poor seasons. His first two seasons were very good, and there was some concern going into the season. What, which Carter Hart will we see? Will we see the one that looked like he was blossoming and, and going to be among the elite in the NHL? That was his first two years. Or is he somebody that maybe played over his head and came down to earth in years three and four? Well, I think we can all agree that Carter Hart we're seeing now looks like the Carter Hart of the first two years, looks like the Carter Hart who dominated in junior and looks like one of the NHL's elite goaltenders. So uh, Carter Hart, to me, has been the number one positive in this year. Another positive has been Travis Konechny and Kevin Hayes. They they both were... uh, kind of put on notice before the year by John Tortorello, by the GM, Chuck Fletcher. They've responded to the challenge. Uh, they're the number one and two scorers on the Flyers heading into Wednesday. And, uh, you know, they've shown great leadership. So props to Travis Konecny and Kevin Hayes uh, to to respond the way they have. And, uh, you know, they they've, They've shouldered a lot of the load in the early season. Another positive is Tony D'Angelo. I must admit he he has played much better than I expected, especially on the defensive end. He had he had some problems. He has had some defensive problems in the past, but he has actually stabilized Ivan Provorov Provarov is off to his best start in several years. And D'Angelo has also helped the power play. I think we all expected that. But, you know, seven points. In uh, nine games, and Tony D'Angelo has played with a lot of poise back there. And uh, he's he's been a better player, I know, than than I expected. So, uh, real good start for Tony D'Angelo. I like the way he handled the boos that were thrown his way in Madison Square Garden last night. Of course, he left the Rangers on not-so-good terms. But as I said, he played with poise last night. He played over 25 minutes. Uh, was very active in both ends. And uh, he's off to a terrific start. I also want to mention the fourth line. They've only been together for two games now. This combination of uh, Lucas Sedlak, who, of course, they got on waivers from Colorado, Wade Allison on the right wing, Sedlak in the middle, and Nick Delorier on the left side. Uh, They've shown some good things. I really like the identity that they're forging. Uh, John Tortorella said he may make some changes in the lineup for the Toronto game, uh, just because he had a lot of tired legs from the Rangers game on Tuesday. I, I hope he keeps that line intact, though. I think I think they've done some some real good things. So a lot of positives for the Flyers, as you can imagine. When you're five two and two, some people might say it's with smoke and mirrors, but hey, they're getting it done um, despite a lot of flaws, despite a lot of players being out of the lineup because of injuries. Negatives, there are a handful of negatives. As I said, they're getting outshot almost every game, putting way too much pressure on Carter Hart. They were outshot 36-19 by the Rangers, and they were outchanced as far as uh, shot attempts, 73-40. A goalie just can't sustain that pressure game in and game out. The previous game, they were outshot badly by Carolina and the game before that Florida outshot them 51 to 22 uh, and 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 the Flyers somehow won that game so you know you you cannot you're playing with fire here you cannot give up that many shots and a lot of them are quality shots it's not like all these shots were from the outside from the perimeter you cannot give up so many shots and uh, expect to go on another 5-2-2 two and two run. Uh, you're putting way too much pressure on Carter Hart. I, I, I'm guessing Felix Sandstrom gets a start in Toronto just because Carter Hart has to be exhausted. He was under siege. Uh, that said, John Tortorella told us, oh, I guess about three weeks ago, that uh, he's not against starting a goalie in back-to-back games, not at all. So I think we will see Carter Hart uh, in a lot of back-to-back games this year but I do not think that's going to happen Wednesday. We'll see how that plays out. But getting outshot, outchanced uh, almost every game, that that has to stop. That's certainly a negative. Another negative to me, Morgan Frost and Noah Cates, uh, they're both off the slow starts. The Flyers really need them and a lot of players uh, to step up this year. Noah Cates was terrific uh, in a late-season call-up last year. Morgan Frost, this is a show-me year. He had two goals in the opener. I believe one of them was an empty netter. But, uh, you know, he's had some good moments this year um, defensively in the corners. And Noah Cates has had some good moments too. But I, they do need a little more production from those guys uh, if if they're going to establish themselves and if the Flyers uh, are going to be able to to replicate this 5-2-2 two, two start, you know, in nine or ten game segments as as you go on down the road tonight is the 10th game um, another negative falling behind the Flyers have been chasing the game and again that's not a recipe for wins yet they have a 5-2-2 two, and two record they have fallen behind in eight of nine games that cannot happen um, and lastly as far from my perspective the next negative is injuries Uh, The injuries uh, have been the key players, but the injury update that we received last week on Sean Couturier, that he had another back surgery, that was devastating. He's going to miss at least three to four months, and more likely I kind of think they'll shut him down for the season. Maybe they'll give him a look-see in the last month or so just to give him some confidence going into next year. But, uh, you know, the fact that he's going to miss a majority of this season – Uh, really changes the makeup of this team. And uh, Kevin Hayes is now the number one center. He's probably better slot at at number two. And if he's at two, then you can have either Lawton or Frost or somebody else as a three. It also gives you flexibility to put Lawton on wing where I think he's a better player. So it it just uh, it just fails up the lineup with uh, uh, Sean Couturier. But we wish Sean all the best. And and as I mentioned the story the other day, the most important thing is that Sean Couture can live a normal life and do normal things. You never know with the back. Um, is his career in jeopardy? Flyers don't think so, but you just never know with the back. So, um, But as you can see, there are a lot more positives right now after the first month of the season than negatives. And I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you would have taken that uh, before the season started, 5-2-2. Two, and two. Uh, a lot of positives. The young kids are playing a lot. I like that. And uh, John Tortorella, I can't say enough about the job he's done. And uh, But we'll be back after a short break. We're going to go with our question and answer period, and we'll be back with our Broad Street podcast right after this. Thanks again for joining us on our Broad Street podcast. This is episode 15, and uh hope you're enjoying it on either YouTube or Spotify, Apple, or whatever your favorite platform is. And we're at our question-and-answer period, my favorite part of the show, and I appreciate all the questions we got from the loyal Flyers followers. Let's jump right into it. Phil Chekia asks, how much is Torts responsible for Carter Hart's early good play? Uh, good question, Phil. and and uh, But I would have to say Torts, with all due respect, does not have – much responsibility at all because you know when we talk to Torts about Carter Hart or Felix Sandstrom or or anybody, you know, any of the goalies in the system, he always refers us to Kim Dilibello and he 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 admits that he has blinders on uh, when the goalies are concerned. He he really doesn't pay much attention to them uh, in practice, and uh, he has a lot of trust in Kim Dillabeau. and And I will say this: I think Carter Hart. I don't know if it's uh, what exactly happened in the offseason, but he seems a lot more mature, a lot more focused. And I'm talking about not only on the ice, but off the ice. And I think that translates to his play. He just seems very confident, very sure of himself. I think he has the swagger back. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a few technical changes. Maybe they have been incorporated by Kim Dilbell. But I think more than anything, it's the mindset. Carter Hart really believes in himself right now. You can see it in his body language on the ice. So, uh, But good question, Phil. Really appreciate it. Uh, Jake Webster asks, Who is the biggest unsung hero through the first month of the season? And he says if you exclude Carter Hart. Carter Hart, of course, has been the MVP in the first month of the Flyers season. Uh, good question, Jake. I, I would say... There are a couple of candidates. Tony D'Angelo has uh, steadied the power play. He steadied Ivan Provorov and his play. He's chipped in with seven points in, in his first nine games and uh, played pretty well defensively. So D'Angelo is a candidate. I think Scott Lawton, as far as an unsung candidate, he's done everything expected. And uh, he's even wearing the A, the only uh, alternate captain on the Flyers right now. He is scored three goals in the first nine games and uh, has done well in faceoffs, plays with grit. So uh, you know I think he's he's an unsung hero and and uh, you know I, I think he's become a favorite of John Tortorella too with with the way he plays. Tortorella wasn't as familiar with Lawton of course when he came here but he loves his play and he's, he's always complimenting Lawton for, for what he does out there on the ice. Next question comes from Harris Lacey. He asks, based on some of Torts' comments uh, and diminished playing times in games, how long do you think uh, Torts will, will go with Morgan Frost? Do you think he'll have a short leash with Morgan Frost? How long before he's uh, playing in the minor leagues? Uh, I guess. Don't think I'll have a short leash. There may be some times where you know where Morgan Frost is is bench for a game or two to, to give him a different perspective of the game. Uh, they do not have a lot of depth at center in the minors. Uh, Jackson Cates, for example, is 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 not an upgrade and and doesn't have uh, anywhere near the potential of Morgan Frost. And uh, of course, Morgan Frost would also have to clear waivers if you sent him down to the Phantoms. I'm not so sure he would clear. I know Kiefer Bellows; he was uh, at one time a highly regarded prospect, was drafted 19th overall uh, in the first round of his draft. Uh, he did clear waiver waivers, so you might look at that and say, "Well, Frost is going to clear." But Frost, Frost has a lot of potential. We see it sometimes. Uh, not enough. we don't see the consistency, but uh, you know I, I think they're going to, uh, they're going to stick with Frost for a while. The potential is there. He does get down on himself probably too much. He's his own worst critic and and he'll tell you that. he tries hard out there. sometimes I, I, I wish he would relax and let the game come to him more and, and not put so much pressure on himself. Uh, This was a guy, of course, who was a tremendous scorer in junior. I don't think anybody expected him to be a 100-point player in the NHL. But I I do think, uh, you know, the potential is there to be at least a 50-point scorer, and hopefully we'll start seeing more out of Morgan Frost. But appreciate the question, Harris. Next question comes from uh, Ice Matteo, and he says, Who do you think deserves to be the first call-up? From the Lehigh Valley Phantoms on offense and defense, Cam York would have been the first call-up on defense if needed. Uh, he was injured in the game. They're, they're call, uh, a few days ago. They're calling him day to day, which with the Flyers, are not so sure what that means. They of course had Cam Atkinson as day to day on September 25th. They they finally changed that designation about a month later and said he was week to week. So. Uh, we'll have to keep a close eye on the health of Cam York, who, as I said, was injured in a game earlier this week. And they're saying it, it's not serious, but keep a close eye on that. Uh, Ronnie Attard, uh, who, who has played well with the Phantoms, and uh, he certainly is a strong candidate to be called up as well. It may depend if somebody is injured and if it's somebody on the right side, then Ronnie Atard would probably get the call somebody on the left side. It would probably Cam York again if he's healthy. And uh, next question comes from Jeff. He says, "If the Flyers continue to be successful, will, will they add anything before the trade deadline?" Uh, good question, Jeff. But I really don't see the, uh, the success lasting. Hate to be a negative, Nancy here. Uh, but if the success does does last, uh, they have they do have the cap space. Tad tatt- a key player. Uh, there are a lot of big names out there. The Patrick Keynes. Uh, John, oh, and, uh, as a winger, John Klingberg, if you're looking for uh, a defenseman. A guy who isn't so young anymore, but he's like middle age, I guess. A winger, Jonathan Druin, uh, is going to be a free agent after this year. And Montreal may part with him. Uh, if you're looking for a center Bo Horvat will probably be available from Vancouver. The biggest name out there is probably Jacob Chikrin, defenseman at Arizona. But again, it depends on what the Flyers need, who is injured, who's healthy. And of course, if they're in a playoff race or if it looks like they can be in a playoff race. But uh, right now, I I don't, you know, maybe you take a shot at at a Drew N who, you know, is young enough to maybe turn things around. But I, I don't really see them taking a shot at a, a veteran guy, you know, like a Patrick Kane. Uh, Jacob Chickering would, would certainly fit in tremendously here. But, you know, the the pieces would have to fit. You know, if you sent out like Erasmus Bristol in and uh, a draft pick there, then I'm all for it. But, uh, you know, he's he's going to be very, very costly. Next question comes from FF Andrew Tate. He asks... Is there a direct correlation between the Flyers' success in the early part of this season and Claude Giroux's departure? Uh, and he says, this is the best I've seen the Flyers play in years. Uh, direct correlation, my short answer is no. The Flyers started 5-2-1 and one this year. They also started 5-2-1 and one last year when Giroux was there. They also started 5-2-1 and one the previous year when Giroux was there. So I don't really see a correlation there. Drew is 34 now. He's off to a real good start with Ottawa. And by the way, the Flyers will play in Ottawa on Saturday. But again, my short answer is no there. But I appreciate the question. Blue Velvet Garfield asks, uh, he says, with, uh, with all the injuries uh, to Couture and Torch's preference for grit uh, and versatile players, do you see Scott Lawton as the next captain. Um, He's probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. Uh, As I mentioned uh, earlier, he's the only guy wearing an A. He's the alternate captain. Uh, That says a lot for him, and it says how much John Tortorella likes his play, likes his demeanor, likes what he does on the ice. To me, it was almost a no-brainer if Gattori wasn't hurt. I think he deserves to be captain. Uh, and you talked about grit uh, with the question, and, and I think that Couture certainly plays with a lot of grit. So I think Couture would be, uh you know, a favorite uh, in John Tortorella's eyes if and when he comes back this year. We still don't know the estimate three to four months, uh, but I think that may be a little optimistic. Um I think if Katuri comes back, I'll say this, if he comes back later this year, so let's just say he plays six, eight weeks, uh, I think that will maybe cloud the issue a little bit because I think Torch would become a big fan of the way Katuri plays. Uh, if he doesn't come back, I think there's a good chance uh, that Lawton then would be the captain next year. We'll see how that plays out, but... Uh, Tortorella has said he probably will not pick a captain for this year, so uh, probably won't have one until the twenty twenty three twenty four 24 season. But uh, I appreciate the question. Next question comes from Rob, Robbie Rhodes. After a good start of the season, I'm still having doubts about this club. <clears throat> Where do you see them in the standings when Thanksgiving rolls around? I, I uh, Rob, I see them maybe... A few games under five hundred. I don't think this team is a playoff team, despite the strong start. Uh, But I think they're a lot more competitive, a lot more fun to watch than last year. That's a credit to the players. That's a credit to Tortorella. He's got them playing harder. He's got them uh, into the game more and with less talent. Uh, Remember, at this time last year, uh, you had Couture in the beginning of the season. You had Claude Giroux in the beginning of the season. Um, Big difference this year is you're playing a lot more younger players. You're developing younger players, and I think that's a real good thing. I think, uh, you know, that was the way to go. And, uh, you know, this is a transition year, and, uh, you know, next year you're going to have a lot more cap space. And, uh, you know, this is a year for the players to grow, the young players to grow, and most importantly for Carter Hart to grow. And it's, it's a real encouraging start for this team. Uh, not just that they're 5-2-2, two, and two, but that the young guys are gaining the experience, gaining playing time, gaining the trust of John Tortorella. And uh, to me, as mentioned earlier, the biggest plus is Carter Hart right now because he looks again like he's going to be one of the elite goaltenders in the NHL. But uh, I appreciate the question, Rob, and I uh, appreciate all the great questions from Our listeners, thank you for uh, submitting them. And I want to thank my son, also named Sam, for producing. He does a great job. Enjoy the game uh, on Saturday against Claude Giroux and the Ottawa Senators. That game is on the road. Enjoy the rest of the drama in the phillies Houston Astros World Series. And as the late, great Gene Hart was fond to sing, good night and good hockey.